Okay. So I think we're all strapped in okay right now, and, and we have a wide angle so I can move a little bit. Uh, so thank you for having me here. It's so wonderful to be with you all. And, uh, I, and around, uh, before, about 10 years ago when I was here, uh, Grenville gave me some counsel. I, and then after a few years, I took that counsel and this project began. And it's been a, a, quite an adventure, but it's the, to be immersed in the Futuhat and to, to try to understand, then translate, and then try to convey uh, as a dragoman, as a tarjuman, uh, what, the, what the council that Ibn Arabi wants us to have. So we'll just dive straight in. This was taken a few weeks ago at, uh, at the tomb. A friend from Islamabad had been, uh, w was able to visit the tomb a few weeks ago, and so uh, we thought we'd put that up there just to say that this is still happening. Uh, we're, and of course, when you talk about these journeys, you're, you're talking about there's going to be difficulties and there's going to be hardships. And so this is something to expect. Uh, but, we'll, but with all of these difficulties and, and uh, troubles that we go through, uh, we also know that there is a cosmological uh, background to everything that's happening to us and with us. And so we'll look at that cosmological background. Uh, this is from one of the, the pages that, that Stevens uh, scanned. And so this is the, the story of where the throne is, the cosmic throne, where the footstool is, what the footstool does, where the water is, where the air is, uh, and then where the zulma, the light blocking, uh, the light blocking is. And so, so from here, from all of that, uh, you'll get the image of the cosmic throne, which is settled upon by the name Arahman. And so Arahman is from Rahim, the womb, and the Sijna is the tree root system of the womb. So that we are in a root system, a tree with root systems under the ground, which are all connecting us together. And, uh, and this connection is a womb connection, and it's a connection, therefore, that's earth. And this is why the, the, we always honor and respect uh, the Mother Earth, because this is where we have a particular position of, of great importance. Ibn Arabi says, because the, those who are made from light and fire you know, unless, the, unless we had known that the angels will never descend from the place they are, we would wonder about their ability to worship. But because we are made from earth, this is the beauty and grace that is given that we will always be in a state of worship. We cannot help but be in a state of worship. Because the earth is the lowest and the most humble and the tractable, the one that all the footprints go onto. And the lowest of the low walks on the still lower Mother Earth. And so, because we are Mother Earth, we are in a state of absolute ubudiya, of, of slavehood, always. And uh, this is, this is the, the reason that we honor and we begin with and we stay with the Earth forever. And so, we see, we'll, so we'll, we'll go a little bit through this diagram and, and, and start watching things. Now, the way that that Ibn Arabi helps us see where we're going and how we're going is the, is the image of the bridge. And so this dunya, this, this near place that we are in, is a bridge. And it's a bridge that takes us from non-being to, be, to being. 
And so the bridge is something that is honored. And this is, of course, when Ibn Arabi is talking about dunya, he's looking at a tradition which sees dunya and this world as in a very negative sense. Uh, people say, oh, that's so worldly, or that's just the dunya, that's just this transitory place, and it's to be, uh, to be discarded. And Ibn Arabi says, no, it's not like that at all. This dunya is the one that the Prophet said is carrying us from non-being to being and carrying us from being dead into being alive and to be die again and then to be eternally alive. So we start out, uh, the, the diagram had, had, the, had the throne settled on by the name Ar-Rahman and then the footstool comes. But before that we need to back up slightly there, the first vision that the beings that we all get is the vision of Rabb. And Rabb is, uh, is translated often now uh, cherisher because when the mother puts the child to sleep, this motion is called Rabbti. So she puts this child to sleep this way. So Rabb is the one who is, is the mother who puts you to sleep, who gives you solace and, and rest. And so the first vision is of this look, I've just brought you out, and here you are. And so, and am I not the one who cherishes you? Am I not the one who brought you out of nothingness and brought you into something, into being? And then we all say yes. And so this is the first uh, agreement that the vision is a unitary vision. We see it, we always know, there's no question about it. But then we are entering into the footstool. And so, the word that was one now becomes two, and, and we get the polar situation. So this bridge here uh, is considered, we, 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 you were lifeless things, and he gave you life in this womb here. Then we go into the second womb called the grave. Then he makes you dead. Then he brings you to life, and to him you return. So this bridge is the one that brings us uh, from the first womb to the second womb. And it's the one that uh, we move across uh, in order, and, and as we move, this is what is being created and what we are working with. It's our conveyance. So if you take the first figure, the first kind of circle, the, a non-orientable surface uh, called the Mobius strip, or the, it's a non-orientable surface, it's the... Uh, that who, that the, the huyat, that she is the first and the last and the outward and the inward, or the visible and the invisible. And we'll look later on in the workshops about, Ibn Arabi will say, and so human, the human is created to be first, last, visible, and invisible. And it's non-orientable because uh, you, have a, you have a circle which has no beginning or end. And so when you put a notch on it, the notch that you place is the first, but it's also now the last. And so Ibn Arabi keeps telling us that this is a first which is not in relation to a second. So in Urdu we say lasani or lathani, there's no second. Um, and then the last is one that's not in relation to any first. And so these, the names, the divine names are all their own reality and they are not related to being first to the second or last to the one that just became before or anything. And so the circle which has no beginning or end gets a notch with the human beings. So the Ayn is wahda, the, the entity is one, 
but the human being by making a notch is suddenly we see a, we have a orientation of this is the first, but the moment we make the notch is also the last. And then as we travel through, if we travel through a surface in which we are invisible, suddenly we are realize, oh, now I am visible. There was no point in which you change from invisible to visible, and there's no orientation which you can say this is the outside or the inside. You are where you are on this surface, it's a single surface. Then when this single word comes down to Arachman then, and, the, and the, the throne, it splits into the two feet. And the split of, a, a, of such a, a loop, this Mobius circle or loop, is, creates a, a larger loop. It doesn't create two, it creates a larger loop. And that larger loop is now orientable. And so you can, make, you can orient yourself on this circle now by saying, I was dead, and then I became alive, and then I was made dead again, and then I became alive for eternal life. So this circle allows us to orient ourselves where we are. So the circle is a way of taking the loop that is non-orientable and has only one surface, and then creating a place where we can find out where we are. And so we are only... Uh, the only way we know where someone is on the circle is ask where is the human, where is the first, the last, the, and the, the invisible and the visible. And so with this uh, looping, we, we have the two feet, and the two feet come out, and one is a, a hard truth, and the other is a compelling truth. And so hard truth and compelling, we have the two sisters, Jannat Jahannam, the garden and the fire. We have polars and opposites, and we have the expander and the expanded, and we have the constrictor and the constricted. So all of the things that are coming from this ein wachta, this single word, come into polarities and, and come into splits. And when we have splits, everything that takes place now is a mixture. So we have mixtures, and our, in fact, our own human characteristic or a personality is called a mixture, as a mizaj. And today you'll say, kya mizaj hai? What's your, what's your mizaj? What's your mixture right now? And so all of everything that happens, everything that is, everything we do, is a mixture of 90% uh, creator, 10% creation, or 80% creator, 20% creation. All of these places. And so everything that happens has some mixture of creation and of creator. Uh, and creator. And so how this mix works uh, is, is where we get the idea that Ibn Arabi keeps telling us who, lahu, it is and it isn't. Um, and the huwiyat, she is and she isn't. Um, and so you can say, when you look at something, you say, I see God and I see not God. And so there's nothing that is all not God and there's nothing that is all God that is visible and manifest. And so we, we start feeling where we are, we start feeling uh, the uh, pressures, and we start learning where we are on this bridge. And so, okay. So the, the, the pressures that we feel, the first womb gives us a pressure. Um, so we, we start out with the, the cherisher, with the vision of the cherisher. And then we go to the Rahman, and that's a vision of, of the womb, and the womb cherisher, and the merciful kindness, the supremely compassionate. And then we get down to the two feet, and now things start changing. Because when we get down to the two feet, and we have 
opposites. We have things we like and things we don't like. We're told to do things and told not to do things. And so in a sense, we're coming through this cosmic throne down through the pinball machine of life. And I realize that so many of you are so young, you might not remember what pinball machines are like. But we come down and we get caught in different places. Now, if you get caught in the footstool, you get caught in the do, do not situation. So when you're born, you come out and your mother thinks you're the greatest thing on earth and loves you and everything's wonderful. And then you get a couple months older, a, a year old, and now she says, don't do that. Don't do that, do this. And what was so lovely and nice, now that stinks, don't do that again. And so we have this question, you know, I thought I was loved. And so this is the, when we get stuck in this place, we're in, stuck in the place of, can you be loved conditionally and non-conditionally? And so where we get stuck as we come down this pinball machine of life is where things happen to us that we then on the bridge of life begin to explore. And so if we get stuck in, in Saturn or on a, on a comet, we get stuck uh, in the moon, we get stuck somewhere, and that will help, that will have to play itself out as we walk across this bridge of life. So the first, so after we come through this, we, there is a uh, clay body that's created in the place where you're, in your mother's womb where you will be coming. And that clay body takes a few months to form. And so, uh, and this is why there's never been an issue about abortion, uh, because this is a clay body that's being formed inside a womb. It's not a person. Um, but it's a vehicle that you will then drop into. And when you drop into this vehicle at some point of the, of the pregnancy, you begin to enter this vehicle. The vehicle gets bigger and bigger. And the vehicle is pulling more and more resources from Mother Earth, or Mother Mother, your mother, and the more and more resources, and it's not sustainable. And so uh, there might be a moment when, the, when you say, maybe if I just quit eating so much, uh, I could stay here forever, but uh, that's not going to happen. This is an unsustainable situation. The pressure, the pressure builds up, it gets more and more. And when this pressure becomes too much, a channel opens up, and there's a light at the end of the channel, and you go through this channel and you enter into this bridge of life. And then you, and so that's, and when you come out of, onto this bridge of life, you, the grace of your cherisher is that you spend most of your time back to where you came from. Because most of the time, these infants are sleeping and they're dreaming. And so 23 out of 24 hours, they are back in the world they came from. So they only have to get used to this world one hour at a time. And then the next day, a little bit more. And eventually, we just say, this is the world and I've forgotten where I came from or where I'm going to. And so we also swaddle the child so that they can remember that you were in a, in a place. First, you were in, the, 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 in Adam, Eve, and you are pulled out of Adam Eve into two hands. And these are the footstool. The two hands are the two feet. And so when you are pulled out, there is, there is this uh, constricted place you came from. And then when you were born, you came from a constricted place. And then when you're dying, you're put back into these swaddling clothes. And you are put back into pressure. And the second womb, or the grave, is, now gives you pressure. And so in that grave, you have pressure and pressure builds up. And, you, and soon it's not sustainable. And then in the grave, a channel opens up and there's a light at the end of this channel. And you go to this and you say, now I'm awake. 
and that was all a dream. And you enter into this next world, and then this is, you were dead, you were made alive, you'll be dead again, and then you'll be made alive. And this, this will be the life of the eternal life. Okay. And so, the, it's, it's so interesting when we, when we talk about nafs and aql, uh, intellect and, and soul, uh, for Ibn Arabi, these are very clearly male-female. And so he begins to look at what we need to learn. And, what, and he says that the arafin, the arafun, the people who recognize God everywhere, the moment they come out of their mother, they look back at their mother and they learn from her and they emulate her. And they want, and because she wants what's best for them and they want to learn from her. So the beginning and the end is the mother. And so when we go to the grave, the call to the grave will go, there goes the slave of God, so-and-so, Eric. And uh, then he is the, the child of my mother, so Carol. Uh, and so I will be announced as there goes Eric, the slave of God, the child of his, of a slave of God, Carol. And so the affiliation in my life is, all, is always with your father, right? You have your, your, your last name or your, your ibn this or your binti that of your father. But at the birth, you're only of your mother and at the death, you're only of your mother. And so the... And if I'll just read a, a passage, so the, the Ibn Arabi says, so when we, end, when we exit from the womb, we look back to the mother. And this looking back is that same distance, the same distance that, am I not your cherisher? So the mother looks at the child and says, am I not the one who, who gave birth to you? Am I not the one who cherishes you? And the child says, without speaking, of course you are. And so this is the back and forth. And, this is a and with the moment this happens, we remember that this took place before. This took place for in, in the alas to birabikum bala. So Ibn Arabi says, how strange we are. We have not halted to learn the obedience God commanded us, and we are not harmonious with, nor have we rendered fully her due, what we see of the virtues of this mother and her leaning to us with affection and love. The Prophet وسلم, said, this, would be, this world is a blessed conveyor of the faithful. On her, goodness reaches full maturity, and by her, they are rescued from the bad. Thus he described her as being concerned about her children, reminding them of wrongdoings and having them flee with her from ills, and making seem beautiful to them, and stirring a desire in them the good. She travels along with them, and she bears them from a place of badness, non-being, to a place of goodness, eternal life. And this is because of the intensity of her watchfulness over what God sends down to her, the divine commands called laws, the shara'i. Thus she, knows, she loves that her children establish these laws for their felicity. So this one has described her. This one, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, has described her with being the most, having the most beautiful of qualities. And he has considered her to be a location for all good things. Therefore, it is appropriate for the people of Muraqaba, the people who are carefully watching these things, is appropriate for them to, that their commencement into the entrance of this world would be for acquiring this quality from her, and so they will study carefully the states of their mother. You see, infants open their eyes only to their mother. They do not look at another. Thus, they love her instinctively, 
and they lean towards her more than they lean towards their father because they know only the one who cherishes them and it's appropriate that they emulate her behaviors. What the mother wants us to emulate is to understand that we are earth, that we are, in, we are made of earth and we are earth, and that this earth vehicle is the one that puts us in a position of obudia, of always being the slaves of the creator. And so this is something that the mother knows, uh, but that the intellect doesn't know. The intellect is able to uh, understand that there is only one God, that there's no God but God. This is something that the intellect has access to. Uh, but the, the intellect does not have access to this polarity idea, the idea that there are divine names which are mutually antagonistic and that they come to us and we must acknowledge them and accept them and then we can ask for the next divine name and that we are in a series of changes and transmutations and fluctuations. And there's this wonderful passage. All of a sudden, Ibn Arabi goes straight. He does this often, but he goes into the second person. And he says, so at this last day, when you come out, you've gone from this, this journey through this bridge, and you come to the final bridge, the Sirat. And the Sirat is this, the final bridge that uh, spans over the back of Jahannam, spans over the back of the fire, the sister of fire, and uh, is flush against the gate of the, of the garden. And it says, the moment you get there, you see this bridge and you realize that this bridge is your design and your construction, that you have spent all your time on this first bridge in the dunya, you have spent everything that you have done, has designed and created and constructed this bridge, which will take you over the back of Jahannam to the, to the gates of the garden. And so everything that we do takes place somewhere else. Its meaning takes, somewhere, takes place somewhere else. So when he talks about the dream, he says, look at the dream. When you, are, when you waken from the dream, nothing that you had in the dream stays with you. All, anything beautiful that you had or anything bad that you had, it no longer is with you when you wake up from the dream. And the same way with this bridge of life. When we wake up from this dream of this bridge of life, nothing we had on the bridge stays with us. And so we have to cross over, and this is the etibar, or, or, uh, and then we have to cross over and have ibrata, which is a, a lesson. We have to learn what's happening by crossing things over. And crossovering means that we take what we do here and we recognize that it has a meaning over here. And meaning is parallel or, and is and is uh, at the same moment and simultaneous with what's happening, but it is, this is meaning, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, as they would say. And so this, everything that we do has its meaning somewhere else, just as in the dream. The dream has no meaning until you wake up. So when you're in the dream, you're in the midst of a dream, you're in the middle of a dream, this thing happens, that thing happens, this thing happens, and that thing happens. Then you wake up, and when you wake up, you say, oh, in that dream, this happened, and it means this. And so the same way when we die, we wake up, and we look around, and we say, oh, that's what all of this meant. So when we see this bridge that we realize it's our design and our construction, we realize that I was creating this bridge back there. And so when I was doing these things here in this world, that was creating a bridge here in this next world. 
And then the quality of the bridge then becomes utterly important because we, this is the bridge that will take us across the back of Jahannam into the gates of the garden. Okay. So he says, learn that the sirat, the bridge, which you journey upon, and God has stabilized your feet upon it so that you may reach the garden, is the sirat of guidance which he configured for you in the abode of this world based on integrated deeds, visible and invisible. Integrated deeds are deeds that are integrated across the worlds. And so they're not just meaning something here, they have a meaning and the meaning and the action are integrated. Okay. He extends out to assist you on the day of arising for judgment, a bridge, a jesser, physically sensed over the back of Jahannam, its first part in the halt, where everyone is halted, and its last part flush against the gates of the garden. You recognize as soon as you see it that it is your design and your construction, and you know that it was there in this world, extended, extended hand of assistance, the right hand of God of assistance. So in the Kaaba, the right hand of God is extended down, the guy that you have in this world extends the hand, you grab this hand, and it gives you the stability which will give you an, a designed bridge that will be stabilized for you to go to the gates. And so, so, these, so the things that are happening to us are, are happening, happening to us simultaneously in different worlds, and we'll look at that in a second, but right now, one of the images that Ibn Arabi uses to help us see all of this is the, the shadow play. And now shadows, if I take, um, if I have a, if I'm a three-dimensional three being, a shadow that I throw is a two-dimensional shadow. And if something is two-dimensional, the shadow that it throws is a line, is, is one-dimensional. And so if I am a shadow, then I am a shadow of a higher dimensional being which has meaning and integration, and this is the shadow that's being cast. So you're seeing a three-dimensional shadow of who I, in a sense, really am. And so whatever action I do is a shadow of the meaning of what that action is. So this bridge, then, is the shadow of the next bridge that's now being con constructed. And Ibn Arabi says, this shadow play is what we understand. What in, the, in the tradition of, of puppetry and, and shadow plays, the, the puppets are drawn from one box, and the box is called the womb. And when the play is over, they are put into another box called the womb, the, the, well, the second womb, the, called the grave. So the first box is, box is the womb, the second box is the grave. And then we come out into this play, and we do our play, and we are shadows of what is really happening. And he says that the children are watching this play, and they are delighted with what they are seeing. Do I have a picture of that? Yeah, this down there. Yeah, the, the children are watching this play, and they're delighted with this, what they are seeing. And the grown-ups among them are saying, this is just mere play and amusement. It's play and amusement. And he says, but the Arif, and the Arifun, the ones who recognize God everywhere, they are seeing this play as a crossover to be interpreted, a lesson to be learned. And they are seeing that we come from the womb, we come out and we play our part as shadows, and then we go back into this grave. 
And we know this because the narrator comes out and says, Allahu Akbar, and Allah is majid, Allah is great, Allah is majestic, and so on. And that clues us in to that. What we are seeing is the progression of life. And this is our deen. This is our religion. Our religion is that we are shadows who came from the womb, go back to the grave, and have a shadow existence in this world, which then creates and builds another world which is outside and, and past the shadow. And so Ibn Arabi says then, so those adults in the room are looking at the play and saying, this is mere play and amusement. And he's saying, but this is your deen. This is your religion. And so you're treating your religion as mere play and amusement. So at every moment, uh, as, as a shadow, so this is one shadow that takes, this, what you see right here is a shadow that's taking place in dunya. There's also another shadow that's taking place in uh, earth heaven one, earth heaven two, earth heaven three, four, five, six, and seven. There's also this, the being that, the integrated being is that this is a shadow in this dunya is in the seven worlds, it's in the atlas, that is an orbit that has no stars. It's in the Barzakh, in a dream world. In other words, someone may be dreaming of me right now. I'm in that dream. So I'm in that dream world right now as well. And then there is uh, one other world, the 10th one, uh, which will be, it's called the Akhira, the next world. But it's not next temporally. It's just next spatially. Remember we looked at when you have a, when you have a, a, a circle, you put a notch in it, that makes the first and the last. The circle is continuous. And so every place that is, is always going to be there. And so when the pen, which is the first creation, is created from the mist, the pen is told, write down everything that has been, is, and will be. And of course, when I read that, I say, well, you're the first thing created. There's not going to be a whole lot of history, you would think. And there's only like the present, and then there'd be a big chapter for the future. And Ibn Arabi is aware that people like me will say things like that. So he explains that because it's all a circle, the moment you put a notch in there, that's present. Everything this way is the past, everything this way is the future, but it, is all, it all can be seen atemporarily without any question of time. And so that's how Ibn Arabi says that time is a correlation. It's a correlation of, of bodies. Uh, there's, it's not a... It's not a thing that actually is solid and exists. So, so Ibn Arabi has this, one of the, one of the ascensions that he, take, he has, he's, he's taken in, in, in by one of the pivots, one of the, the a, a khutub, a, a pivot who takes him in. And he asks, he said, indeed, and so he tells us, I saw during my spiritual event a person in a tawaf going around the Kaaba. And he told me he came from my line of ancestors. And he told me how he was named. I asked him about the time of his death, and he told me 4,000 years ago. So I died 4,000 years ago. I asked him about Adam, since he had lived among us in the historical period of such a time span of thousands of years. And he asked me, which Adam are you asking about? The Adam closest to us in time? And then I asked, was there before the dunya, this near world, an abode other than her? And he said, the abode of, of being is one, and the abode is only dunya, a near world, by means of all of you. 
So the, the circle is one circle, and it only has a orientable, a spatially and temporally orientable situation because the human being is stuck there on the notch. Say, this is your notch of this circle. And the other world is differentiated from this world only by means of all of you. Then, in fact, the matter is about bodies, beings, and fluctuations, and comings and goings. All this has never ceased and will never cease. This is one of the phrases that we had from the Ruh. Has never ceased and will never cease. Then he placed me down and I went along again. So. So to help us understand how, the, uh, what shadow, how shadows work, how the integrated being works, um, how the, all these worlds work, Ibn Arabi takes us in the chapter of love of all places through the dimensions. And so he's looking at dimensions, but, but he looks at them as fractal, fractal, fractional or fractal, uh, fractal uh, dimensions. And so he says, you take, you take a dot, uh, which we call zero dimension, and you make a few of them, and soon you have a line, you have one dimension. So in other words, you can go from zero dimension to a point one dimension, point one two, one two three, point five, point seven, point eight, point nine, and by the time you've got point nine dimensions, you're just about ready to go into uh, a cusp where you enter into a line. So the dots become a line. And they said you take lines, which are 1.0 dimension, and then you make lines and lines and lines, 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, and onwards, until you get to a cusp and you go into a plane, and then you get the plane. All these lines make a plane. And then he says, you take, the, you take a, a plane, a two-dimensional plane, and you put them, enough of them together like this, and soon you're getting a volume. And so you get up into three point, uh, a dimension of three. And then he says, you take this volume, which is here, and you make another one and another one and another one, and at some point you get to a place which is a higher dimension. And he says that the, the jinn have two dimensions. And so the jinn are, are, uh, have forward, backwards, left and right but they don't have up and down. So if you want to get away from the jinn, you go up or you go down. And so this is that axis. And it seems like everything else has four dimensional, is able to see in four dimensions. We know that uh, many animals have magnetic, they can see the magnetic field. So the magnetic field for us is orthogonal to the dimension that we're in right now. So to be able to see the magnetic field is to see four dimensions. And, that, and we just heard from the Ruh, that's why the animals and minerals can know things that we can't have. They're always in a state of kush because they see all of the dimensions that are functioning and we are only seeing three of them. And the jinn are only seeing two of them. Okay. And so, so, I'll, I'll, so this idea of, of fluctuation, the, one of the images he uses is the Bose fluctuation. And so fluctuation is when you take this three-dimensional volume and you begin to fluctuate it. You, either you whirl like a whirling dervish or, you, or something happens, you fluctuate, and then at some moment you hit a, cr a crux or a, or a cusp and you enter into another world. And this happens to you all the time, every day, you, every night. 
you are in a position, you begin to shake, your, your legs get very tired, they lie down, you lie down, the legs lie down, you're thinking, thinking, and then suddenly you're awake in the morning. So what happened between them is that you went from this three-dimensional shadow into this other world. And so when you go into this other world, uh, you go into it by fluctuating, and you come out of it by fluctuating. So if someone goes like that when you're sleeping, you are fluctuated out of that world, and you come back into this world. And so these fluctuations are how you move across the dimensions. You take a dot with many dots make a line, line make many lines make a plane, plane many planes make a volume, volume many fluctuating volumes shivering like the bow's arms puts you into another place. And this other place uh, is a, are, we are having uh, these, these tendrils or these connections that are coming through are the, the ones he, Ibn Abi talks about often are the, the four rivers that, which flow from the garden to here, the Nile, the Euphrates, uh, Jehan, and Sehan, that these four rivers are flowing and that they, they, they are the, world, the other world's uh, rivers that flow from that garden to us here. Um, this is also understood to be the four rivers that take place on your face when you, when you fluctuate and your heart trembles. When your heart starts trembling, the skin of the heart loosens. And when the skin of the heart loosens, you have an expansion of the heart. If you're lucky, you don't have the heart attack. Otherwise, you have, and that's why love kills you, uh, because that fluctuation is something that jiggles the heart just enough so that it begins to expand. And so when it expands, it sees things that are not seen elsewhere. And so the, the four rivers are this river, this river, and this river, and this river. And when you start crying, they all start flowing. So you know that you are connected to that other world when your heart fluctuates, swells, and the swelling takes place behind the eyes, into the heart, and the crying begins. Uh, you see things uh, that you hadn't seen before. And you have truths that you haven't had before. And so the garden is fluctuating at all times. And so Adam and Eve and Iblis are all part of the next world, but they're fluctuating into this world. Then they are fluctuating into the next world. So if not for us, the other world would not be distinguished from this world. So this, the two worlds are connected there, one world. There's one abode. And if not for us, because all the beings are traveling back and forth, if not for us saying, this is my bridge here, I was born, I die, and then I go to my next place, if not for that, there would be no distinguishing and no orientation within this one world. Okay. So the matter in the other world never ceases being in a new creation based on this world. And in her, the family of, of the garden are in the garden, and the family of the fire are in the fire until no end point. Thus we witness in the other world only a new creation from a single entity. Now as the matter is this way, this is why human beings see themselves when they sleep living in the garden, or being in the day of rising for judgment, or being in other than their place and their land, places they recognize or know nothing about, and in other than their image. So you can see yourself in a dream in other than your image. You might see yourself young, very old. You might see yourself as a man or as a woman. You might see yourself as an animal. So you, the, the form that you see yourself in can change. And you might see yourself in another form in this other place. And you might see yourself in other than your state. So if you were, went to sleep sick, 
you might dream of being healthy. If you went to sleep healthy, you might dream of being sick or constricted or expanded. In fact, you have fluctuated and shifted as a flowing wave in yourself by your movement, which transfer you from waking to sleeping to images you are familiar with at times or images you are not familiar with at other times. And so, and you move to states which are praised and beautiful and you are delighted by them, or you move to states which are disapproved, ugly, and you feel pain because of them. Then the flux quickens in flow and you return awake. So this quickening um, and a fluctuation from when we're in this world to sleep and then in the, and when we, are, we fluctuate into other worlds as well. So Ibn Abbas said there are 14 Kaabas and there are seven earths and skies and I, all the way down to there being an Ibn Abbas in all of those seven. And so, uh, if, but if you begin to do some of Ibn Arabi's mathematics and, and topology, we begin to see that there's 10. So Ibn, Ibn Abbas was talking about seven of them, but there are 10 of them which we are in simultaneously. So we are in all of those places 10. And so when, when a person dies, his qiyama, his day of judgment begins. And just how the, the fetus uh, develops, has this, this, the ruh put into it, and it develops and develops in the womb. So when we die, we are developing and developing and developing into a new configuration. How's the, what's the time look like? Huh? Okay, uh, and if you'll see in this next, if you look way up here, my cousin was in Melbourne with my, my brother, uh, nephew, nephew with my brother, and uh, he, he went, they went to this exhibition, and so they're, they're living in Jakarta and, and Melbourne, and they saw this Wayan Kulit. You see the shadow play way up there. So the, the Wayan Kulit is, is, is the shadow play. And it is the way that uh, we understand that this world is a shadow and that something else is happening at the same time, which is more dimensional and more integrated than what we have right now. And so the shadow play, of course, so it's uh, lately uh, in Malaysia and Indonesia, there's, a, there, there's always been, but especially in the last you know, 40 years or so with the Salafi and other movements, uh, a real a criticism and, and, and trying to take away the shadow play. Don't, you know, we don't want a shadow play. So in Ibn Arabi's passage, he says, the adults are saying, this is just mere play and amusement. And he said, but they're taking their deen, their religion, as mere play and religion uh, and amusement. Uh, now we have a situation, they're trying to forbid the deen. <laughs> they're trying to stop the religion by saying, let's have no more shadow plays, no more shadow plays. And the other is kite flying, because when you have a kite flying, the kite is up there in the other world, and you're holding on to it with a string. And so in Pakistan, places like that, so, oh, the kite flying is haram. And so people really understand, they really understand that this is our symbol, this is our way of understanding the other worlds, is through a kite, and it's through a shadow play. And so these need to be made forbidden. So we'll look quickly at, at, at mirrors. Uh, uh, by, the, by book 22 or something like that, we're about page 7,000 pages into the Futahat, uh, Ibn Arabi begins to speak very, very clearly, very, very directly. And so he says, here is the situation. The true looks at the mirror. The mirror is an angel mirror, a horse mirror, a human mirror. And the image is you. And he says, clearer than that, we cannot get. <laughs> so 
you are an image of, you are, you, your mirror is a human mirror and your image is you. And so the mirrors are never seen. So when you look at a mirror, you look at an image, your focus is here. You have the twice the focal, focal distance. So the mirror is never seen. So in this situation, you begin to say, we, our entities, our mirrors, our, our in-mirrors, which, ref which reflect a, a look from Huck, which is called Tajalli, uh, a radiant shining brilliance, which is from Huck. Uh, and these mirrors are never seen. So this is why Ibn Arabi says, we get into a situation where you're never seen. You never see me. My mirror is invisible. My mirror is, cannot be seen. So all you see when you see this is an image of the one looking at the mirror. So the one looking at the mirror makes, my mirror makes this image right here. And so we are invisible. All that can be seen is God. And so, uh, and Ibn Abi realizes that, think about this mirror, that we understand mirrors very well. The shape of the mirror, it can be convex and concave, it can be large, small, it can be unpolished, polished, it can be ripply, it can be all these different things. All of these mirrors are different. And these mirrors are different because every look at them creates a new image that never repeats. So these tajaliyat, these shiny radiant brilliances, never repeat. And so to never repeat, they have to be a different angle at every moment. They have to have a different uh, clothing at every, you can call them sifat or you can call them clothing. They have to have different clothing on and sifat on when they are, and different names to look at this mirror, and then the mirror is looked at, and the shape of the mirror is exactly what was needed to see that image there. So remember we talked about that creator-creation, there's always a mix. So this image that comes through is creation and creator, or it's not creation or it's not creator. So it is, and it isn't, and it isn't not. So when I look at the mirror, I look at my image and I say, it's me, because obviously it's me, and then I said, but it's not me because you know, I'm right here and it's right over there. So it's not me. But then I also have to say, it's not not me. So it's me, it's not me, it's not not me. And uh, we have this ability to do this, so we would imagine that the divine has the same ability to look at the mirror, see the image, and say, it's me, it's not me, and it's not not me. So this mirror and this image is exactly what it needs to be. Because if we start with, I am a treasure which is concealed. It's by, it's by, it's by, uh, it's mechanically concealed. It's concealed because it just has to be, because it can't be manifested. So I am a treasure which is concealed, but I love to be recognized. So I introduce to Arafa, I introduce myself to creation and they recognize me. And so to be able to see this image and the second image and the third image and onwards, and you know that, and that's why in all the love poetry, the first look is so very important. Because the first look that you have, the first love, the first sight that you see the one you love, is so great. It, it in effect, diffuses over every, every single image that comes after. And what is the first sight? The first sight is the Nur Muhammad Wasallam, And that first sight is that image, which then is the image foundation for all subsequent images. But each one has to be different. So there is no world which is more beautiful or more perfect or more wondrous than this world here. 
So there isn't a world where I'm actually handsome and nice and there is no such world. That would not be a better world. Or if I'm worse than I am, that would not be a better world either. The world is, could be no better than the way you and I am exactly as we are right now. So we polish the mirrors for ourselves, but we don't polish the mirrors for God. We polish the mirrors for ourselves. For the, we, we want to polish the mirror so that our bridge is a bridge which we designed and constructed, which is strong and stabilized so that we can go to the flush against the gates of the garden. But the way we are designed is perfect. So Ibn Arabi keeps telling us from Quran, he created you, he gave you your character creation, your khalq, your, your, he laid you out as, as a fabric, cut the fabric, and made you a creation, and guided, and guided you. So you are exactly the way you need to be, and are to be. And so there is no other world uh, that is more perfect or more complete or better than this one here because everything with its mixture is exactly the way it needs to be. And so because the, this mixture uh, takes place, because this, this entity which is earth, earth is acceptive of all forms, because the earth that I am is accepting of all forms and receptive to all forms, there has to be a almunia, a preventive. So almunia is the, the preventive. And there has to be a preventive to keep all of the creative jude, this effusive beauty and abundance, has to be prevented from entering to this earth that I am. And so that prevention allows me to be not in the high ranges of creator creation, but in, a, in another range that is exactly the range that I should be in so that this image will, will appear. And so to understand this, well, I'll just maybe wrap up with this one. So we, we, we have this, we have the Rahman, the, the womb-based supreme compassion settles on the cosmic throne. And it's a circle. So the beginning is beautiful mercy and kindness and the end is beautiful mercy and kindness. And so, but there's a travel and a, a trip and an adventure that takes place. And that's where things happen differently. And so, the reason Ibn Arabi, what he'll do on the later pages here, after thousands of pages later, he begins to say things more clearly because he'll know that you've learned this one lesson. Here's one lesson he says, what he learned. And that is from the, the Hadith Qudsi that, that, uh, that uh, whoever hates to meet me, God, uh, I hate to meet them. And of course, we sort of historically take that to be quite negative, but what Ibn Arabi says, he was given a vision of what this means. And what it means is that the only reason that you would hate to die and see God is because you are, you are upset, ashamed, or embarrassed by what you are bringing. So all the things that I've done wrong will, are there with me because I've created that bridge. So uh, you can't, it's, it's, it's there already. And so when I get there, I say, ooh, these are the things that I've done, good things and bad things. And so I might be ashamed or embarrassed to go before the, the judgment with this kind of baggage. And so uh, Ibn Arabi says, so what happens is the, the, that God will say, right, so when, 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 you, when this happens, I come in embarrassed and ashamed. Oh, I've died and I've got all of these things that, you know, all this baggage. And then the divine will tell me, the true will be greatly affectionate with you about this and will say to you, oh, my slave, all of these things that you did, the baggage, the mistakes, the offenses, 
all of that was actually due to my predestined decree that my predestined foreknowledge had you do all of those things. So you are the site for the coursing of my rule. You had to do these things because my rule has to, this mixture has to take place. So you couldn't be very high up here. You had to be down here also. And then the slave is relieved and solaced by the statement. But if the slave says the same statement to God, he has shown poor manners with God and he will not be listened to. Yet by this exactly the true gives him solace. Thus, it is on the true side of utmost beauty to say, actually, my slave, this was all these offenses that you did. This was my predestined, my foreknowledge for you. On the side of the true, it is of utmost beauty. But from my side, if I say, this was my predestiny, that's why I did all these things, that is of the utmost ugliness. So from the side of creation, it's of the utmost ugliness. And he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, said, Haya, shyness or embarrassment is better entirely. And so shyness brings only goodness. And so this is why we, we, are, we, we come with, a, with shyness and embarrassment, and we are then told, actually, it was my predestiny that, did you, that put you through all of this. And so this is the circle. And so we need to find out the circle, and we need to know that the circle has rahma from the beginning to the end and all the way through. But we also, in order to help us not begin to rely on that and say, oh, you know, that's where I'm going to come, and I won't be, I won't be ashamed to, to bring all my bad things uh, to the fore, uh, to avoid that. Uh, Ibn Abi waits for thousands of pages into the futah before he tells us these kinds of things. So that, but if you've lasted that long, you can be told these things. So alhamdulillah. So, it, what, how's our time? Well, let me just do one, uh, just because, so we started out with, this, with, with the mother, we st- that the mother, mother earth is a sarir, which is the bed frame, but also the umbilical cord. So the, everything is inside the cosmic throne, in the mouth of the, entire, of the entire cosmic throne, except the earth. The earth extends outside, and then comes underneath, in, a, in dimensionally however that works, comes underneath to support us when we are here, so that we become earth, and we are earth. And so when we die, we say, this slave of God who came from this mother uh, is dying and is dead, and, it is, and he is the child of the, his mother. And so then we take this, the mother of, for Ibn Arabi, there are the three mothers that he always wants to look at, are the, the Umm al-Mu'minun, the, the mother Khatija, she is the mother of the faithful, and in her lap, she comforted the body of Muhammad Sallallahu and told him that he is the Nur Muhammad and this is what's happening to him. And then, our, then the other mother that he talks about, the mother of the faithful is Aisha. We get a third or half of the religion from. She is the one who preserves and protects the Sharia from patriarchy. So after the revelational period, uh, she is the one that spent 40 years with no man in her life uh, preserving uh, the, the Sharia of, against forces of patriarchy, saying that menstruation is unclean and the rest and the rest and the rest. And, uh, and then we are the words of God because each of us come from kun, fayakun, be, and we are. And so as the kalimat of Allah, we are all words of God and these words of God never end. And they are never, once they are brought into existence, they never leave existence. 
And so our other mother is Mother Mary, who bore the Kalimat of Allah, the Word of God, and bore this Ruh of Allah. And so we then recognized our siblingship as also we are Kalimat of Allah, the words of God that never ex ex end and, and continue. So these are the three mothers that Ibn Arabi works with, loves, uh, emulates, and he says, and all of us, we know all of these things, but I don't think we've, enough people have written this down, so he writes it down. And that's why when we come out of the womb, the moment we're out of the womb, we look back at the mother and we learn from her. So alhamdulillah.